News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Now let's turn to the passing of Mikhail Gorbachev, uh, the final leader of the Soviet Union. Uh, Dr. Shane O'Rourke, senior lecturer in modern Russian history in the University of York, joins us now. Uh, Shane, I, I, I said it earlier on. I, I am struggling to think of someone in the second half of the 20th century who had a more profound effect on the world. Well, I think you're right in in that respect, that he was a towering figure. And it's hard to think, as you say, think of someone who um, made such a contribution to world peace. And I, you know, I think Gorbachev will always be remembered for that, particularly for his ending of the Cold War, his allowing the Soviet Empire in Eastern Europe to collapse, and his attempt to reform the Soviet Union itself. We should say, of course, it wasn't his intention to do all this when he came in. He, wa- he certainly wanted more openness, uh, less censorship, less authoritarianism. But he didn't envisage that the Soviet Union uh, would, would collapse in the manner that it did. No, he didn't at all. He, ironically, he was probably the last person left to believe in the Soviet system. Uh, he really believed it could be reformed, that if they went back to the original ideas of Lenin, that somehow the system uh, would right itself and that you would have a, you know, a much more uh, humane democratic uh, system within the Soviet Union. Uh, the reality, of course, was very different. Um, he revered in the West, I think it's fair to say, mm-hmm. Not in his own country. Uh, I mean, I thought it was extraordinary. I'd, I'd actually forgotten this, that in the 1996 uh, Soviet, or uh, sorry, I should say Russian presidential election, he secured less than 1% of the vote. That's what, five years after he left Paris. It was an extraordinary uh, negative vote uh, by the Russian people about Mikhail Gorbachev. Yes, it was. And I think that remains true today, really, that uh, the reaction in, in Russia today to him is very, very different from the West. They blame him for the economic and political chaos that was unleashed in the 1990s. Uh, that still remains a deep scar on Russian society today. And they blame him for giving up the empire in the uh, in Eastern Europe. They believe that he was hoodwinked by the West, that uh, he was naive. Uh, he took their, he took our promises at face value and then uh, we didn't deliver on any of them. So I think that's something that's very strong both in the society, in Russian society today, and certainly in the uh, Putin's government. They, I think they have a very negative view of Gorbachev. Uh, his his legacy is extraordinary. I mean, you're, you're looking at, you know, a free Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic, Slovakia, um, it, Germany uh, being united, uh, the likes of Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania, um, Ukraine, up until relative, up until six months ago, anyway, uh, all independent uh, states, Georgia, Armenia, and, and, and so on. Uh, but I, I, I just wonder, uh, maybe it's an impossible question to answer. If Gorbachev hadn't been elected back in 1985, if a hardliner had taken over, would all those things have happened anyway? Was the Soviet Union on the brink of collapse or could they have muddled through? Could they have maybe, I heard somebody making a comparison last night with China, how they kind of doubled down, they introduced more capitalist reforms, but they doubled down in terms of a more authoritarian regime. 
Yeah, I think if you remember Gorbachev's predecessor, Andropov, ex-KGB head, he wanted to do something like what the Chinese have actually done now, that economic reform, but with very tight political control. And I think if you'd had someone different there, you would have had a very different outcome. Or if Gorbachev himself had been a more ruthless man, more willing to use violence, uh, he would have suppressed the uh, the attempts to break away by the Baltic states in Ukraine, but through violence, and he wouldn't have allowed Eastern Europe uh, to break away from from the Soviet Union. So I think uh, you know an awful lot comes down to the man himself. Although there are larger forces at work always, but uh, nevertheless, the individual leader is important, and Gorbachev was crucially important in this respect. His rejection of violence as a means of uh, maintaining power and of keeping the whole show on the road was that because of was that a personality thing or was that a pragmatic thing that you know that they, 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 they literally there was no money to do any of these things there was no money for an arms race there was no money to continue to fund the Red Army across there was no money to prop up puppet states or, or was it more as you say an inbuilt aversion to violence and maybe a, a more social democratic view of the world than the traditional uh, Politburo view of the world I, th- I think it was a more social democratic view of the world. As you said earlier, the Soviet system wasn't defunct in 1985 when he came uh, to power. It still had plenty of life left in it. Uh, the question was how to extend that life, how to make it longer. And, and I think that um, it was the decisions that Gorbachev made uh, himself that uh, led to the events turning out the way that they did. So, as I say, a different leader might well have made very different choices there. And you might have had something uh, maybe more akin to what's developed in China now, an authoritarian state with a, you know, a quite efficient economy. Okay. Um, the most important uh, figure of the late, of the second half of the 20th century, the, was he the greatest figure in the, the, the second half of the 20th century, in your view? I don't know. It's hard to say. Like any political leader, he was flawed. You know, he was uh, he was an idealist, I think, as well. And by the end, I think he had this vision of uh, of a world in which uh, violence no longer had a place in solving um, solving conflict. That the way was through negotiation, compromise, and concessions. Uh, but I do think, uh, you know, perhaps you know, maybe Nelson Mandela might be seen as a more um, not important figure, but um, I suppose noteworthy figure in some ways. Yeah. But it is really hard to think of someone who was, at, you know, who stands above Gorbachev in what was achieved and how it was achieved. More importantly, as well. Okay, really interesting. Uh, we will leave it there. Uh, Shane O'Rourke, senior lecturer in modern Russian history in the University of York. Thank you indeed for talking to News Talk Breakfast. Kira, it's interesting. I actually went to Russia. I went to Soviet Union at the just towards the end in 1990 of his, his regime, and I was I was trying to get across to my kids last night. What a different place it was. I mean, it was like, it was a different world. It was intimidating. It was like awe-inspiring it in a, in a really bad way, not a, in a good way. It was authoritarian. Everything was censored. It was just a different world and it doesn't exist anymore. Maybe maybe North Korea is yeah. kind of the it, only was, example. The, the Iron Curtain was ironclad. Like yeah. like the, the, we, nothing got out from from behind it. You know, remember people like Rudolf Nureyev like, yeah. defecting and things like like that was there was there was a, a whole atmosphere around the planet of fear from the Cold War. Yeah. And and I think Gorbachev. I think you're right. I I would consider him to be a titan of a figure yeah. in terms of the hope and the security he brought for the whole world. Really. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7.
on News Talk.